Welcome to Lioness Rising, your podcast for sacred business development and soul wealth ascension. My name is Alexandra Schwarowa and I am a high-level healer, psychic business medium, wealth activator and the founder of New Earth Medicine. This is a sacred space for majestic lionesses who are devoted and dedicated to their divine path in life and business. Through inner awareness, we initiate potent shifts within as well as in our material world. The lioness knows what she desires and she goes with majestic precision for her goals and creates long-term success. She breaks with chains of illusion, but power resides outside of her. This is for soul-led women and those who identify as women, who follow their divine will. And we talk about spiritual business, life and career, diving deep into the metaphysical realms, energetics, the Akash, energy healings, human design, jinkies, astrology, and so much more. Linus Rising is hosting the most potent guest speakers who are leading soulful empires with alignment and majesty. Thank you for being here. Welcome to Lion's Rising podcast, your podcast for sacred business development development and soul wealth ascension. <laughs> and today I have, oh my God, it, it's going to be super juicy. Um, a special guest, Caroline Bessis. Um, she's a German coach, but we also going to speak in English, so you can hire her for <laughs> Uh, the English speaking um, and basically what she does she is an intuitive uh, mentor with a little pinch of analytical masculine structures about financial intelligence for spiritual women so we're going to talk today about a little bit about the stock market, crypto, financial intelligence, what's going on and how we're going to shift these years in the world with our finances. So I'm super excited for this episode because we both have strong placements in in terms of finances and uh, also like this balance between being analytical and highly intuitive in this uh, area. So thank you for being here with us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. And um, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you before I got divorced and I switched my name to Caroline Durina. <laughs> but just, just a side note. Yes, I'm so happy that we're going to talk about finances, which is so important for us women and the first thing I thought would be so important to know and to listen to is why is it so hard for women to really be in a good place with finances, with money, with a business, with evolving a business and with receiving money. And that's quite simple because women and finances that's a strange thing and a strange story. We've always been separated. We've been separated by law. For example, in Germany, the 23rd of May, 1949, women started to be allowed to open a bank account, but only with their husbands at their sides. It was in 1994. It's only 61 years. No, not 61 years, it's 60, I can't count, 63 already. Only this small amount of, of time has passed since we as women are allowed to have a bank account. And it was in 1962 that the first German woman opened up her first bank account. So that's nothing. That's no time. No time has passed. And we're not just 
as women, we're not used to dealing with money and to have like to allow ourselves to really have a lot of money in our bank accounts, uh, accounts to invest money, to be strategic about money, to um, grow our intuition, which is basically, and there are many studies or many studies have shown that women are the better investors because of their intuition and because of their patience. They don't have that much cholesterol. Uh, no, it's testosterone. Uh, yeah, that. But I thought of um, which is cortisol, mm. like the amounts of cortisol and the testosterone together make that men basically take bad decisions concerning money and money decisions at the stock markets or with crypto or with trading. And women, as they have lower testosterone and cortisol levels, they are a lot of a lot more patient and like slowing down things, and that's very good. So. The time has passed that we as women are allowed to work, to have a job, at least in, in the Western countries. And we're still evolving with money and with finances. And everything is quite new. That's no time frame at all. And we just don't have much experience with handling money and finances. And above all, being and dealing with big and huge amounts of money and allow it and give it to ourselves. And that's the starting point. That's where we have to look at and allow ourselves, again, allow to receive the money and to be with the money. And the funny thing is, if we compare these dates or this date, 1949 in Germany, to other dates, women, at least in Europe, were allowed to do other things before they were allowed to, to deal with money. For example, 1901, Women already were allowed to drive cars. You know, the, the first Mercedes-Benz cars. 1918, women were allowed to vote in Germany. And since 1903, at least in Bavaria, women were accepted to study at university. But it was in 1949 or 1962 when the first bank account was opened up by a woman. And history always shows the cycles and we are as women opening up a new cycle nowadays things have changed a lot and we see more and more wealthy women right now which is good because it's a good good cycle we're in and what we have for what is our job now is to grow not only the financial intuition or to awaken financial intuition, but to grow our financial intelligence because one of them can't be with the other one. They are twins, like <laughs> one on the one side and the other one on the other side. And we have to be with both. And we're not used, as we're not used to dealing with large amounts of money, we're not used to use our financial intelligence or to grow it and we're not used to rely on our financial intuition because we're used to listen to our analytical mind. Oh, that's like, I I really have a feeling that with this podcast, we have a chance to uh, get so much awareness to men and women uh, in the world and uh, with this episode to unite with uh, their inner forces like their uh, inner masculine and inner feminine uh, energies and to me it's like a feminism or let's say humanism is just such an important aspect because in in the world we see so much oppression and injustice happening especially towards women like or ethnical groups but here uh, in this case uh, women and Germany uh, just like his, if I have an historical opinion, opinion like a uh, uh, viewpoint, is very far. I mean, it took so much longer in Italy uh, and our European states to actually bring more equality to the woman. And um, like something sad that actually happened and what I see like a, a line is uh, the war, like the First World War and the Second World War, there was basically uh, no men. So, 
And women needed to step in in the roles of men. They needed to start um, building the streets, building the houses, taking care for their children and um, like filling the spaces and the fabrics. So this is what actually happened. So they need women needed to replace the man in the war. And me, myself, I come from a generation of women. We went through um, through wars and um, like I'm I'm from Russia. And uh, when the Bolsheviki took over, they uh, um, did their part with some uh, families. And I come from this uh, lineage of women who needed to escape and run away and who also went into the battlefront. So and they needed to build their houses. They needed to to build their, their streets. There was no man to sustain them. But until today, I don't see equality in Russia in terms of this. So to me, sadly, it's a country where it's so much sexism and so much gender roles. So it's like this, I don't know, is it a hypocrisy where I observe these topics in in uh, my uh, country? Or is it like this, I don't know, like maybe we're going to clear clear it up what's what's this but in terms of uh, the evolution of the woman in in europe i i feel that there was like a i don't want to call it benefit because something something horrific happened but it definitely made them step out and um to shift into equality and becoming equal in a way yeah definitely that was a huge huge step into a new kind of evolution for women. But the administration of finances also during war war has always been in the hands of men. Mm -hmm. Funny thing, if you take a look at the banks, it has always been in the hands of men also during the war. Of course, women had to look for the money and how to get some food and everything and rebuild the homes during war and after war. But the huge amounts of money have always stayed in the hands of men, at least at least since historical data has been written down. But my question is, or always has been, why has it been like that? Why has been has money been in the hands of men? Has it always been like that? We only know since like we we have books and since it's written down, but has there ever been a time with some kind of money, like in natural form, where women had been responsible for it? That's just like something I want to throw in. We we don't have any answer for that. And my question is, how would it be the other way around? And it's not about a battle between men and women, between masculine and feminine. It's finding balance within. It's about finding balance within us within the masculine and feminine parts towards finances, but it's also the balance because I don't see any balance. Neither do I see it in, in Greece, in Italy, in Germany, in the US. It's still, we try to fix the old role models concerning finances. The man is working, he brings the money home. The woman works a little bit. <laughs> and the funny thing is I have friends, maybe you too, where women earn more than men and most of the men can't deal with it I was having the same situation I met a man and he was like feeling so inferior because I earned more money than him and this was such a strange situation <laughs> I was standing there and thinking I would be proud of you and you tell me that you feel bad that I earn more than you that's crazy and it's about really really very very sensitive, awakened man who can deal with that. At least I have the impression. And that's where I think we have to find some kind of new balance, a new way. Finances and relationships. Finances, yin and yang, men and women, masculine and feminine. And it's not, it's, it, it's not about a conquering situation. It's not about, it's like equalizing the envy that's sometimes also within and it's about building a new perspective and a new world together, men and women. 
at least that's my experience with it I don't know how about you what do you think about that <laughs> it's so funny because before I was having a podcast in an interview and we spoke also about a similar thing and uh, in my dating life I also had uh, partners who struggled so much that I earned more money than them and now my husband is basically like he's so happy <laughs> When, when I tell bring him this example, he looks at me like a lunatic, like, how oh, come? I don't get it. That's so amazing that you earn more money than me. <laughs> That's so, so, so funny because for the first time in my life, I met a man who doesn't feel uh, like, I don't know, less worth or whatever. He's like, it's amazing. I cannot understand how a man can be, can deal with it different. And I told him like, hey, it's a fact, like, 90% of my clients have these limiting beliefs uh, towards money or towards success that they they are scared of being more successful th than their boyfriends, husbands, because um, there's some drama-rama coming around. And there's even some statistics or studies in the, an Australian study brought up that women who in relationships who earn more money than their partner, their partners become abusive, like even like violent towards them in order to deal with their lack of self-worth or I don't know what it is. They are definitely trying to compensate it in a very shadow way. So <laughs> yeah, and also in my culture, like when I uh, have a look into in, to Russia, it's like in, in our beliefs, like even if a woman is rich, she's going to spend the money of her, uh, of her husband. <laughs> And because you mentioned the approach if ever women were like in charge. So they're like on my shamanic studies, I also uh, dove a little bit into how the um, indigenous people, for example, in Siberia, like in Russia, are dealing with it. And we have this strong sense of shamanism. And we have like around 100 ethnical groups and uh, with their own medicine, own languages and so on. And actually the term shamanism does come uh, from Russia, from the Sami people. And yeah, basically in their belief, the woman is like she's the elder. And she, like when we go actually into this indigenous community, I just have this case right now with uh, uh, the communities in Russia where it's actually said if the woman is taken care of and if she's in alignment, she brings the prosperity to the whole uh, tribe. So she's basically kind of the, sh the chief of everything. And um, also like with um, the resources. So they don't have money, but they have like um, animals and they have furs and uh, food and uh, our stuff, like handy stuff. So, yeah, this is how I what I know from the indigenous people that there is like a very strong point. And in our communities, in this indigenous, there's no separation like um, who can be a shaman. So it's. Even if we go to like uh, South America, the curanderas, the women are the keepers and the men. So there's no separation that it's just like for men allowed to be uh, in this high role. So it's men and women. That's beautiful. The Russian shamanism is so fascinating. That's great. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. And if you ask yourself, what would it be like if women were the the ministers the advisors for finances or within the governments what would be different then i know what would be different we would keep our resources the money to maintain yeah. and provide life yeah <laughs> fine and maybe we wouldn't be in debt mm -hmm. that's one thing i thought about because the first time I can't remember which year it was, but the topic of finances is really is really like, like it has accompanied accompanied me for years. I don't know about twelve years, very very closely, 
because when I when I ended up my studies at university, I was so much in shock that I had to take care of my money and my finances and my taxes that I said to myself, okay, you're going to step up and you're going to learn everything about it. And when I do something, I do it <laughs> and I want the numbers and I want to do it correctly. And the, the topic with the debt has really shocked me when I saw, because there is a debt clock, you can, you can take a look at it on the internet. And I, as you told, as you already said, or announced, I brought some numbers. And for example, I brought the debt numbers for the US and for Germany. So right now we are in the US at 33.6 trillion US dollars debt, the state. In Germany, we're at 2.5 trillion euros debt. That means like every German citizen has from the beginning on, from the moment of the birth on, 30,186 euros debt. Without doing anything, just being born, you have this debt on your back. In the US, it's 101,369 US dollars per child that is born. This is crazy. And when I realized, okay, I mean, we're completely traumatized by, by the fear of debt, I think. We're traumatized by money, basically. And when you imagine that you are born, you have done nothing, your soul has decided to come to this planet and you are born. And imagine there would be like... Um, a financial advisor that steps up to the bed of your parents and to you and, and tells you, okay, you have 30,000 euros stacked right now, right now from the moment on you're born. This is a crazy picture. This is crazy. And no wonder that men and women, most of them really have a problem with money. Because it's everywhere. It surrounds us and we have to switch it. We have to turn around. We have to turn around the energy. And also, if you take a look at the charts where we rank as a nation, like Germany is on rank 70 of the debt rank. Um, Portugal, you live in Portugal, is on rank 11. Greece is on rank 5, like one of the most of the countries being most in debt. Japan is on rank 1. Luxembourg is on rank 171. I think we have 195 ranks. And the US is on rank 13. So most of the countries are really badly, badly in debt. And what does that mean for our financial system as we talk more or go deeper into analyzing the actual state? Like we have we have the part when we deal with money and finances and investments, we have to take a close look at our own energy and how, how we deal with it, our intuition, our traumas with money, our wounds, our nervous system. But we also have to take a look at the numbers, at the charts, at the analytics. And here it is. When we take a look at it, we see that the whole world, planet Earth, is in debt. All those huge, big industrial nations are in deep, deep debt. Our money system from 1971 on, when the gold standard was given up, the countries have switched into debt because there's nothing that stands against printing money. There's nothing, no kind of, yeah, of, having um, something that is worth something for just paper money, the fiat money, the money that is just printed paper or printed on paper. And this system, like many, many even say that the system is corrupt, the system is going to crash. Nobody knows, knows if it's really going to crash, but that's the world we live in right now. And we can, we can choose either we fight against it or we try to control it or we surrender and we choose new ways of seeing it and find new paths of maybe creating some kind of new world. That's why you step in <laughs> with the new earth. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it, I definitely feel a, a change is coming because how it was um, going so far, it's not working. We are seeing that it's not working. It's like where we have this opportunity, like, yeah, okay, we can try to hold on this uh, old paradigm and maybe the governments are will try to maintain it but um at some point especially when 2027 is coming and where incarnation cross of the earth is changing and so many um prophecies have been predicted this time of uh, 2012 20 uh 20 and now 2027 and there's going to be a change we don't know it yet and when i try to connect myself with the consciousness of money with this etheric field in the akashic chronicles I don't see I don't see what's going to happen I just see a lot of different timelines of opportunities what can maybe come in and just my it's just my personal intuition speaking what could how can the future of our economy and the and the new money look like it's for example it's just like some ideas to throw here and you can tune in um, that there's not going to be so much currencies. It's step number one. Like um, there's going to be maybe from this 200, what we have, uh, there's going to be 10, maybe. It's a, a, it's a huge maybe. It's just like what my, I'm just trying to imagine what could be the possibilities in a new world with economy and money. Um, and then some, Something maybe like gold will be, uh, or properties, real estate, um, crypto can come in as a to balance it out. And um, trading, trading uh, services will be very common. And especially because if we are not changing things right now, like maybe by twenty fifty water will be more worth than gold or food will be more worth uh, than gold we don't know it's now on us now it's our calling we are the last generation who can who feels the effects of the world and who can actually make something still make a difference in order to survive to our our species more or less <laughs> so i see this uh, different timelines how it can change and um, I see a big shift in the consciousness that a lot of people are waking up and especially women reclaim but also men I actually like even if it's like by the society said so like oh men can uh, deal better with money or whatever I don't I don't think it's true <laughs> I actually <laughs> like don't agree with it at all <laughs> um it's just more common that uh men are taking responsibility over the money but uh if i if i work with my clients and they're like past lives there's so much uh of like basic example we go into a lifetime like in a past reincarnation we try to heal a, tra a trauma with money or we're receiving wood or something and there's this timeline where the woman somewhere in the middle age is uh, is married pregnant with like I don't know how many kids and her husband who's working and supposed to bring the money home to in order to feed the children goes gambling or goes drinking and there's no money left but she also cannot leave him and this um, wood is imprinted in our Akashic memory and also in our collective memory and this is what we are trying to deal with so now the women are who are actually reclaiming this path of I am willing to change my way with finances and uh, build wealth, build generational wealth. And they are facing these topics. And this is really important for, for us to reclaim this way. And sometimes it triggers the shit out of me when I listen to women saying like, I cannot deal with money or the same like maybe they can deal with money but now i cannot deal with crypto i want someone like oh my oh my boyfriend should take care of it and it's exactly the same pattern like as we don't want to open our bank accounts without the permission of our partner a husband like back in the 
62. <laughs> like, what the heck? Like, it's the same. It's it's the money energy is the same. And to me personally, this is also what I really, really feel strong. That money already, like the term money and this old energy of money already died out. Mm. It's dead. Like, and we are trying to heal a relationship with something which is already dead. Money. So, and this is the evolution of money because we started with trading sheeps for uh, goals. We started uh, to have gold. We started to have uh, the printed money and so on and so on. And now we just have a credit card with a bazillion numbers. So this evolution already happened. And there's going to come a new currency. And I even feel that we spiritual women or spiritual men who are here and talking about money, there has to be a new wording for that frequency, for that exchange. I call it sacred exchange. It's like equal as money, but in a new world, <laughs> like sacred exchange. Um, and obviously, like... The wounds are, even if money is already dead, the wounds around money are still affecting us. And they might even affect us in a new world until we fully heal it. We embrace our creative force, but we are God, goddess, creators of our world, and we heal it. So, because there's no more big chance, at least not in our, in our uh, Europe, <laughs> uh, but we still have wounds from the big chance. So, and this is the same dynamic with money. There will be one day a new currency, uh, but we will still have the pain from money. So it's like my my channelings from uh, the Akashic Records, what I receive, how it can possibly change, but it's really on us if we're going to do the work. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I see it's so funny because um, you're talking about the energy and I see so many teachers, coaches, mentors out there that, that are still talking only about the mindset. And I have to laugh so badly because no, it's not about the mindset. And they say you have to see money as something neutral. The problem is we can't take a look, look at it in a way of neutrality because it's emotional. Everything we're surrounded with, if it's our bad, our sofa, the books we have, has an emotional imprint because it's part of our lives. Uh, as soon as we have some kind of relationship towards something, we have emotions. So we have to take a close look at the emotions and what it does to our nervous system, what kind of small or bigger traumas have been imprinted in our life or in the ancestral lines. And my goal always is to activate all senses for money because we're we are senses like sensing people we have to use our senses and we stopped using them to surround ourselves with money in a very healthy and active way with very healthy and active senses and wealth work like mainly if you i call it wealth work um can be divided like into two main areas one is about the energy. Um, it's about clearing the energy. It's setting up your inner physical frame because also our physical bodies, our energy, our frequency. We have, when we deal with money and with finances, we have to work on our breathing patterns. Like I am, I have studied classical singing and breathing. And now I know why I did that because I was always I've been asking myself why did you do that you're not working with it anymore I do every single day because if we know how we breathe and how to um, prevent ourselves from stopping breathing as we do every day all of us do that and get back into a natural breathing cycle um, you can deal with your finances if you take a look at your bank account and it has been in, in like in minus, you stop breathing because you're shocked. Every time we're shocked or we're in a trauma, we stop breathing. And we're so traumatized by money. So we have to take a look at our breathing patterns and resolve them. You have to deal with your emotions towards money, with the reactions of your nervous system. You have to learn how to calm down inside with money. And if you do that, then because... 
women and men always ask me, but how am I going to step up and deal with money? And I say, you have to clear up from the inside. You have to clean your money house inside, your inner frame or an outer frame and everything. And then you can do the practical steps. And that's the other part, the practical, practical part of money, the strategies, the analysis. You can take a look if you want to go into crypto trading or um, stock market trading into um, you, you can set up new accounts, you can learn about growth, you can build your own diversified portfolio, you, you learn how to invest like nowadays, and you have to deal with both of them. And then there's the beautiful thing you said, how you see money in the future. And before uh, we started this podcast, we were talking quickly, and I told you that the programming of our grid is not there yet like the programming of the world of finances and money is only up until 2026 2027 and what's coming afterwards is not programmed yet so that's maybe the metaphysical part if we take a look at money in the grid in the grid we live in because we all interconnected and we live in some kind of a grid. And if you take a look at that, it's clear that you that we can see in the Akashic Records how money will be like, how we're going to deal with it. And that's beautiful because that's a huge chance to come up with something new and to surrender towards. And that's the switch. And I love the term sacred exchange because it has both sides. It's not only in one direction. And we, when we have a sacred exchange, whatever it will look like, we are able to more to go into the yin part to receive and to, sur to surrender towards money. When we talk about money, we always have the impression, I have to take action. I have to be the active part. No, there's both of it. There's the active and the passive part. If you invest into, into Bitcoin or if you invest into a good share and you hold it, you just keep it and you keep it for 20 years, you have to be passive. If you trade crypto or at the stock market, then you have to be active. That's the young part, but we always have both of it. And that's so beautiful. And all our thoughts, all our thinking, all our feeling has to take a switch. Sometimes um, when people ask me something about mindset, about like money sentences or patterns, I always tell them, and that's so beautiful because um, you're Russian. Um, if, if you take a look at the matryoshka, I always say like the outer, the biggest matryoshka, that's mindset. But we want to, we want, we want to dive deep and dig out the smallest, the beautiful little matryoshka that's inside. And that's all the work you have to go through. And it's not hard work, it's beautiful work. Because I've seen women when we are in, in my mastermind or like one-on-one -on -one work with money and investing in finances, like themes and topics and traumas come up you we, we had never thought of before. And that are re these traumas are related to money as like wounds from other lives or from, from the ancestral line but also within this, just this life. And it's such a huge work and, and I just love it. And we have, yeah, let's let's deal with the smallest matryoshka inside. Mm -hmm. And that's why we can also change the world. If we work on ourselves, on our energy, we already change the world. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And for the listeners here, just uh, a little uh, attention here. Um, Taro does work also with Akashic Records. So she's a, a psychic medium and has her own unique healing ab abilities. So when we are talking here about how we see the grid or the Akashic Records, so so you know, <laughs> just like for your information. And also because it was like uh, coming through to uh, to give you a little expl explanation about the grid. And basically there's like I can give first my uh, interpretation of it and then you can maybe if you have a different opinion, you can share yours. So uh, we have a crystalline network in our mother earth. 
So it was built already like with the help of um, some aliens, let's say like this, and uh, some priestess energy, but it already started back in Demuria. And uh, this crystalline grid is basically our network to connect with the cosmic Akashic records. So it has all the information what happened here, here on Earth, but to a certain point. So uh, when we really want to go outside in the cosmic consciousness, we are connecting to different libraries. And this network, it's it's called the Kristallgitter, the crystalline uh, network the grid work of the earth and it has also two um, balances it has the masculine and the feminine so um, the crystalline network and the goddess network and they both meld together at this consciousness versus uh, also which comes close to the morphic field so when we work the morphic field is connected to the akasha it's connected to earth but it's more like a shamanic approach i would say to connect with um the multi-dimensional realms um, because at some point the people in lemuria and atlantis they they knew that it's it will be easier for us right now in the world to connect with the earth when actually with the five seven uh, and 12d on whatever dimensions we have so this is why they basically uh, put this information into the earth Long story short, <laughs> I tried to. <laughs> That's a beautiful explanation. Um, yeah, I can't really add anything. Only the funny thing is that sometimes the grid is shown to me. No, it's not funny. It's clear in in like black energy and sometimes in white energy. And I think it represents the female and masculine energy that is within. And maybe just that the listeners know that every one of us who chose to be on earth right now has some kind of challenge within the grid and some kind it's not only one challenge or one theme and there is also yeah some kind of problem that each and every one of us has to solve not not specifically concerning money but concerning our lives but that's just apart from that. But that's like the energy part or the metaphysical part. And still we live in this earth and we have to deal also with the actual situation. You remember in the beginning of the year, we had like huge amounts of inflation and the experts, they are um, fighting if it's like if we are in a recession, if it's an inflation, if it's a stagflation. A stagflation means that economy and the money politics are are like on on zero. They are frozen, which is really bad also for economy. And I have the impression that many people right now are in freeze mode. They don't dare really either to invest. Or they start to to sell their houses out of um, out of fear, and I just want to to give you the feeling, and it sounds so simple, but it is like that that we have to calm down. That everything will be fine, everything will be good, but you have to take care. That's that's the thing you have to do really to to take a look at your financial situation very closely, very practically, and then do the steps. One thing I really want is that we as women, especially as women, that we don't end up with nothing in our hands financially, that we prepare, that we take those upcoming three to four years to invest wisely, to build a portfolio and to stand up and be the bridge into the future, be the money bridge into the future, because we as women have to be strong. Men nowadays, most of the men are weakening, not wakening, but weakening down. And that's why it's our task right into the future to be the bridge. And it's our task to be quite strategically 
or quite strategic about money. And most of the women I know or that ask for my help are telling me, I don't know how, I don't know what to do, I'm afraid, I have blocks, um, I want to, but um, every time I try to, I can't. And we have to work on those patterns and overcome them. And this heals also, if we move back into, into the energy topic, it heals the energy and the grid of the world when we as women take care of money, take care of our finances. And I think if we take a look into the future, like already now people are looking for new ways new ways of living together, new ways of nutrition, new ways of building homes, new ways of sustainability, new ways of, um, as we see in crypto and many, many crypto currencies, new ways of money. And if we take care, we as women, of our finances, we are the creators of this new way of living, of this new kind of future, of this new kind of money. And this is really something beautiful. Hmm. I cannot wait to witness it. <laughs> yeah. And one thing is quite important because almost no one is talking about that. Money has to do, besides breathing, besides all the trauma, emotional work has to do with our hearts. I see that people in general close up their hearts and their heart energy and their heart field when it comes to money. Because I think we are adapting this kind of energy from our parents, from our teachers, from the people that surround us, that when it comes to money and finances, we can't broaden our energy. We can, we're not allowed to open up our heart field. And we start to be very strict. And if you take a look at the heart chakra, it doesn't really spin and move the way it could and it should when it comes to money. And this is a very, very, very important thing we have to learn to feel. And it's so simple. If you if you have your purse and you open it and you grab the money and you pay something, just in that second, in that moment, feel your heart energy. What, what is it doing? Is it opening up or is it closing down? If you take a look at your bank, bank account, not only how is your breathing, but what is, what is it about your heart field? Is it widening? Is it opening? Or is there a stop? within the energy that comes out of your heart. And with all those little small steps, we are learning a new way of how to be with money. And that's so important. And I think these are the columns we are setting for the future, those little steps, not the big ones. And now we have to breathe again, <laughs> breathe through the money. <laughs> and yeah. I'm also very curious what's coming up in the future for, for us. Mm. So when you were speaking about the, the heart center, it was coming through really like, okay, but most of us are associating spending money or investing money is something um, like, okay, I'm giving away and I, I have a lack. So when we shift into the consciousness of actually sacred exchange, we know where we are exchanging energies. So it goes both ways, yin and yang, and both both is the receiver. So, and to me, and this is where we go also about pricing or price point spending, investing. Um, we we are investing in ourselves. We are buying something for us, even if it's like a nail nail polish. Yeah, you're buying something for yourself in order for you to feel um, to to pleasure or to to have fun and something what brings you joy so you're receiving already something it's not that you are like lacking something and we speak when we speak about personal development you are not investing in the coach you're investing in yourself and money is this exchange you are when we honor this transaction of 
energy, which is what money is. It's just an energy that wants to flow. Uh, it doesn't want to be stagnant. Obviously, if we keep it like for 20 years as a uh, Bitcoin or something, it is a passive, but at some point you're going to do something with it. So this is where the masculine shift uh, comes uh, back in. But a transaction is a sacred exchange of energy. And we, we put money as a term for, okay, this is the value you you shift into one direction, for example, to the coach, and then the coach gives you back so much more, so much actually more than uh, than money can describe. Because to me personally, like there's like two things that we can we we take into our grave. And for me, it was always tattoos, <laughs> like what is in your body, <laughs> like because you cannot take your car in in uh, to your funeral you cannot take your house nothing it's the only thing like it's what's on your skin and what's inside of you like your heart uh, your your heart intelligence your emotional intelligence your minds uh, your mental health like how you feel is the most precious thing so this is this is the uh, energy of a sacred exchange you are also receiving something back and when I'm just uh, thinking about all the investments I have done, and I'm, uh, I'm talking it in a term of investment because it made me feel so much better. It was into my healers, into my shamanic uh, journeys. And I was like, wow, I could buy a house with all this money if I didn't do it. But I will never in my life want to feel like I did 10 years ago. Like, like please take all my money make me feel the way i feel today so and also this detachment around it so for example i have the sixth line in the pearl sequence and this is basically your spiritual relationship with money or money really matters to you what is do you know your line by the way in your pearl um yes i'm having a six two and Ooh. i'm having the quantum pearl is the super abundance Oh Jesus! Super yeah. juicy. Like <laughs> the the code, the the key of abundance, prosperity has been already imprinted into the universe since forever. We just disconnected ourselves from it. And the sixth line in the pearl is the most mystical, and it is translated basically more or less with the sixth line sees a future without money. So I do not agree with this. Totally, like because here on Earth we came together to exchange energies. So something similar to money, and I call it sacred exchange. So it's the high evolution will always remain because if we do not compensate each other both ways for this exchange happening, uh, there's gonna be a leak and there's gonna be karma. We are creating it. So this is why money plays such an important role. Uh, as a trading form so obviously if you receive a service you can give back uh, a thank you this is already valid you can give back a bag of potatoes this is already a sort of payment we are not talking here of uh, you need to pay 10k uh, into a coach so but just like simple gestures is already an exchange both ways we are basically literally just saying thank you for your service i appreciate it it landed so and this energy will all has always been is currently right now and it will always remain the energy will shift the approach will shift maybe even the currency will shift but it's not true that there will be a future without money money so there will be something else yeah definitely there will be something <laughs> else and we'll see and the interesting thing um the whole time as you were talking right now it was like there was so much movement in the energy and we have to think of the frequency once in in waves i mean frequency as a sound frequency money like every Everything in our world, if it's a book, it's a stone, it's a plant, it's a human body, has a frequency, an own frequency. And frequency is shown, like in a, in a chart, is shown as a wave-like motion. But frequency also moves in, in circles. 
and money and the exchange of money is a circlic movement. Like you give, you, you give something, you receive something. And this pattern or this way of thinking is completely uh, broken down and we have to get back there. And if we get back there, something is healing inside of us. And I think that's also the way into the future and how we deal with money, how we treat money, how we touch money, like this sensual thing about money. And yeah, can ask ourselves, how do we feel ourselves with money? How does it feel like? Does it feel good or bad? How does our body feel the money? Those simple really simple things and then finances and money becomes our medicine which is so important it's not about like something neutral as i said money and finances if it's a bag of apples or if it's a piece of gold but these things will never be neutral but they can be our medicine in a way and if we go back to investing huge amounts of money, the, the most interesting thing is about that, that our physical bodies and our energetic bodies are not used. Like the imprint for many, for many people is not there yet for huge amounts of money. So we can deal with that and play and teach our nervous system to calm down so that we are able to receive larger amounts of money. And this is so important for investing. Why is that? If we invest into a cryptocurrency, if we invest or if we trade shares at the stock market, we have to learn and understand that the growth is exponential. It's not linear. Linear growth is you buy something and, and you get something and you pay more and you get a little bit more. But exponential growth is a line that goes from left to right, but straight up almost in the air directly. And this kind of exponential growth and exponential intelligence and exponential thinking, we're not used to it. For me, this has a lot to do with energy work. Because we have to put the imprint into our physical bodies, into our energetic bodies, that exponential growth is possible, that, is, that it's reachable for us. And that's a whole new kind or whole new way of feeling and being with money if we take a closer look at it in the exponential way. Mm, love the transmission. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I was, I was tuning in like, okay, what what is what else is important to mention today? And it comes through like a little bit into investing, into um, crypto. So how do you see it? Because I know that you are doing um, a lot of crypto awareness like one of your missions uh, is to help women to take back their power and actually like to step into this okay what is crypto actually how does it work so maybe you can share something um in that case yeah of course um i think just to to combine things i think for the listeners, it would be important to maybe have a perspective. How can I invest wisely nowadays? I mean, I can't go into the details, but like the main strategy. And crypto is one column. We have like basic columns and crypto is one of that. Never invest in one asset, like in one thing. Never. <laughs> Only in one thing that's not wise to do. Because if there's a crypto crash, for example, you lose everything. And you have to wait years and years until it goes up. Or you lose everything, as we have seen last year with Terra Luna, um, the crypto coin, and it's over. Like, it doesn't exist anymore. 
And at the crypto market, you have to understand that there is like the original Bitcoin, which is a cryptocurrency and is based on the blockchain technology. The blockchain technology is like a book um, or we have a combination of many distributed computers on the whole world. And it's also a grid. It's some kind of net. They work together and the blockchain is divided up or every computer has this blockchain downloaded and within the blockchain there are codes um, from a combination of numbers and letters which show or which are set up for every transaction that is made for bitcoin and the block one block is built when when all the transactions that that belong to this block are within the block and then the next block is is built or is decrypted <laughs> and then the two blocks are chained together that's why it's called blockchain and um, the whole technology like it takes quite some time to understand about this these are the basics so bitcoin is the original cryptocurrency after that came ethereum eth like um, the exchange name is eth and Ethereum has a whole different network and is basically there for smart contracts so that you can um, can put something into the blockchain. It's not for it's not a money system and money exchange system, but it's for applications. For example, you have a contract for your apartment, like um, you're renting your apartment and the contract is exists only on the blockchain. and therefore, um, Ethereum has a different kind of task within many, many other cryptocurrencies. I, I don't know how many we have nowadays. I didn't look it up those days, but it's so many. It exploded in 2022. There was like a completely crypto revolution also because of the NFT market, the non-fungible token. And um, we have to learn and to accept that many of those cryptocurrencies that are, that were built because it's very easy to build a crypto or to program a cryptocurrency and it's only it makes sense only with an application like if it has a task within built within and many of those cryptocurrencies will die as you said too there won't be existing within the next 10 years thousands of cryptocurrencies but it will go down that's at least the prediction it will go down to a few and um, so investing into crypto has to be done very wisely it's very important to not only buy something because your friend told you to buy it but to really at least read about it um, to take advice of someone who's really into crypto and maybe only to buy one or two currencies. So crypto is one column. The other one is, of course, traditionally investing into the stock market. Also there, if you want to invest into the stock market, you don't take any share that is out there, but you take a closer look. And I have spent so much time on understanding the stock market and the question I had within me or I was carrying within me was, how do I know which shares to invest into? What are the, the parameters to know which one is really a good one? And it took me many, many years <laughs> to know what are the good ones, but basically... The one main thing is exponential growth. The shares at the stock markets in general that grow exponentially are the good ones. Um, but please, please don't go out there and buy anything. Also here, inform yourself. One other column is physical gold and physical silver, for example. Like to have some of the money because we don't know what's happening. Some of the financial experts they are saying the crash will come and they are they have been saying this or predicting this for the past five years it hasn't come yet 
but we're still printing money and printing money and printing money in the central banks. So we don't know what's happening. So it's always good to have some of your money in physical gold or silver. And that's also good to have. Um, many people throughout the world are also still investing into ETFs like exchange traded funds who are representing the indexes. They are not shares, but they are like some indexes put together, for example, the MSCI world, and you can set up plans uh, with investing this way. Those are the easy steps. If you want to grow your money more quickly, you just go and learn crypto trading or trading at the stock markets, as I said before. This is only a quick look at what's up today, and it's not revolutionary. It's not something um, where you say, well, I have never heard of that. But I want to share those practical steps. And I want to, like, I am a woman that really stands for taking the time, getting into the markets, and knowing my way around. Because I want to be wise and intelligent about finances. And I want to motivate other women to do the same. And when I can do that, it's possible for anyone out there. Probably we will be even better in it because we are more patient. <laughs> yes, of course we are. And less ego-driven, I would say. We are like uh, already half this, okay, how to preserve life. This is something very, very feminine. Like, uh, and in my world, if if more women would be in governments, there would be for sure less war. There would be uh, actually like this. Okay, how can we actually create a healthcare system which prevents people from getting sick instead of like waiting until they are sick and uh, seeing uh, how we're gonna treat them and who's gonna pay for it? So. How to preserve life is a very feminine energy. Yeah. Obviously in man as well, but I think like uh, a being who gives birth to life has it already embedded <laughs> in their essence. Definitely. I mean, you are a mother yourself, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. So that's a that's a feeling. That's a that's a calling. Okay, let me tune in if there's any more transmissions. No, I like from my side, it's everything perfect. If you have any final thoughts for our community, you're welcome to share. Yeah, um, for me too, I feel complete and that's beautiful. And I have one word which I always use describing your inner path into finances and that is bravery be brave and fearless there's so much fear around nowadays because we don't know what will come up and we don't know if the crash is coming or if they print more money or if it stays the same it doesn't matter just find the peace within and be brave be brave for yourself and for the vision you have for this world and for your life especially fearless and brave that's it <laughs> i love it thank you so much for for your wisdom drops and for empowering the listeners to take their financial intelligence into their own hands uh, i appreciated this call so much like i loved talking about finances <laughs> so yeah thank you to the listeners and see you soon thank you Thank you for listening to Linus Rising Podcast. Your host was Alexandra Schwarova and I invite you to connect with us on our homepage, Instagram or through email. You can find us on www.neurofmedicine.net. Thank you for being with us.